Great. Okay. There we go. All right. Second time's the charm. Yeah, absolutely. Second time's the much shorter charm. <laughs> Look, there's just, uh, there's no practical reason that uh, us, a group of upper-ish middle-class white people with a first-world podcast problem should... We're too blessed to be stressed. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Fully agree. Good evening, Anne. Good evening, Bobby. How nice to hear your voice again. <laughs> yeah, yes, likewise. It seems like it was just a couple of hours ago that we talked. Yeah, uh, it, it does feel like it was just a couple of hours ago, because it was. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, Wagoneers, we're recording on Sunday evening. Uh, uh, we gathered earlier with um, a a bubbly-as-ever Hillary and a somewhat confused mike uh <laughs> to record your recap of the last week of tbtl and through the vagaries of electricity apparently uh Anne's poor computer couldn't make it through the recording let me explain i knew it was going to be a long show luke said a lot of really dumb shit this week and i knew that we were going to have to talk about it <laughs> And we were hmm, within a minute of wrapping up Mm -hmm. a two-hour show. Like, we had gone through the... uh, We were in housekeeping. Uh, So, a minute to go, and I had a power outage. A one-second power outage that turned off my computer. And I was like, well, there goes my recording. Uh, but, you know, uh, Audacity has a recovery feature, so I rebooted the computer. Windows decided it was a really good time to do some updates. <laughs> so that was 10 minutes I spent waiting for that. Uh, came on, opened up Audacity. It said, hey, your computer shut down in the middle of something. Do you want to recover it? And I moved the cursor over to click on yes, and the power went out again. And it flickered, 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 flickered for about 30 seconds. And then it went out. And the power was out for an hour and a half. And when I got everything turned back on and got in, no file in Audacity. It was swallowed by the gods of Excel energy and was no more. I'm so sorry, Anne. Eh. What are you going to do? We made the determination a while ago not to use the Zencaster recording feature because it was so problematic and it constantly would fuck up the recording and Mm -hmm. kick one of us off. And it was really more trouble than it was worth. And we knew that by not using it, we were taking a risk. And, uh, you know, uh, our payment came due on that one. Yeah, but think of all the great episodes we've had with the adrenaline of knowing we were flying without a net. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm really sad that 
people don't get to hear me and Mike fighting about the pooping principle. <laughs> but, you know, other than that... I'm actually mostly concerned we that, that, well, here, people, just if, if Mike opens a restaurant called Scallops and Scones and invites you to come dine in it, <laughs> it's a trap. Yep. You missed that by by this recording being lost. So, uh, you know what it is, Anne? I'm looking through my notes from our recording earlier, and you were referencing the problem with the internet. Is there mm-hmm. is there a possibility that the, the machinery of the world tried to shut you down after you exposed the problem of the internet? That's true. The world thought, and you're being reductive. I'm going to give you a lesson. <sighs> uh, and so, by the way, uh, Hillary is uh, going to dinner in a movie like an adult. Mm-hmm. And I don't actually know what Mike is doing right now. Probably still it's been radio silence since we signed off. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was pretty devastated about missing that tollway opening. <laughs> yes, he was. Too bad you guys don't get to hear about that. That thirty-one dollar uh, mayo and guac sandwich he ordered from Subway last week. <laughs> so. Yep. That's what you missed, guys. Sorry. There's no. There's no recapturing this. Uh, this lightning, it just, it wouldn't be practical, but, uh, we will, um, quickly touch on some of the, we can review topics before bringing you a TBTL LRB best of our recap Mm -hmm. from exactly just about exactly one year ago this week. Um, we do have a little bit of business though, that is worth repeating officially save the date, book your flights. Rent your cars, get your hotel rooms, do whatever you need to do to be at the LRB picnic on Friday, July 26th at 5-ish p.m. We're still working on that part. 5-ish p.m. at uh, Richmond Beach Park in Shoreline, just north of Seattle on the Puget Sound. We have the upper shelter at Richmond oh, Beach. It's Richmond Beach saltwater. I'm not going park. in the lower shelter for God's sakes, yeah, Bobby. God, no, because the upper shelter has the panoramic view of Puget Sound. These are bullets here, so I'm just reading them down the list. <laughs> Restroom. What? Children's play- Will the stalls have doors? <laughs> well, let's not get too fancy. Uh, restroom, <laughs> children's play equipment, potable water, one outlet, 15 amp. A moderate walk to the beach, five fixed tables under the shelter, and seven in the plaza area. Charcoal cooking grills, personal propane gas grills permitted. Maximum 100. So, uh, you know, book your spot. We'll work on a Facebook event sometime in the near future. For now, just remember, Friday, July 26th, after work, Mm -hmm. we'll skip the 20-minute... Uh, commentary we did about how after work on a Friday in Seattle starts at about two thirty, <laughs> and I don't care. It's it's your in laws' fortieth wedding anniversary. Whatever, they'll still be married next year, so I mean, you can come to our picnic. Unless they find out about that thing, um, yeah. yeah, come come to the picnic. Bring bring your weird in laws, and we'll get them a cake. <laughs> Uh, so, and you wanted to go lightning round through this week's TVTL? Yeah, I just feel like my notes were really too good and too full of rage just to be completely lost to the universe. This was a rough week for me, I would say. I do try to think about my uh, levels of positivity. I just don't want to come on here and be like, Arr. 
all the time. <laughs> Some of that is in unavoidable, but it it was a tough week. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. Uh, yeah. Why don't we uh, bounce back and forth through these, and we'll give our very quick fire takes. Yep. Uh, yep. Yep. The first category you had over here uh, was overconfidence in boat ownership. You wrote all these notes out, so I'll just read the first one. Uh, Luke almost crashed his last remaining boat into Cliff and Beverly's house. Also nearly escaping <laughs> was the new planter to replace the one he had tacoed last time he took that boat out. Yep. History. This man should not be left alone. <laughs> uh, said boat is now taking on water in the marina and may have sunk had Luke's friend Evan not automated the bilge pump for him. The point that I made in recap 1.0 was that Evan could have done us all a favor by not doing that repair and the boat could be out of its misery peacefully at the bottom of the marina as we speak. It would have been good for us. It would have been good for Carrie and it would have been good for Luke, you know, because if history has taught us anything, he does not know how to put a boat in the water. He doesn't know how to drive a boat when it's in the water and he doesn't know how to take a boat out of the water. If only our first uh, recording session today had had a bilge pump. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, In picky eating this week, we had a couple of small items. Uh, We noted that Andrew said he would rather jump out of a plane than eat cottage cheese. Yeah. I feel real bad. We've made a lot of fun of Andrew, but imagine having a psychological issue so bad around a food that even though you are getting to be deathly afraid of heights, he would rather jump out of a plane with a parachute than eat a spoonful of cottage cheese. Well, like I, I said earlier, uh, until somebody does something about big cantaloupe, we're not getting rid of cottage cheese. <laughs> So, sorry, Andrew, but uh, you might want to get fitted for that parachute. Yeah. And then Luke is still on a quest for the Impossible Burger. Yeah. Uh, I think we should all start calling the filling station in Bellingham. <laughs> Maybe if we bombard <laughs> them with enough artificial demand, they'll they'll get higher on the Impossible list. I think we have to call Impossible Burger directly. We don't, I mean, the, the filling station doesn't have enough clout. We need to embard, bombard the headquarters of Impossible Burger saying, why don't you deliver to the filling station? They have ordered and ordered and ordered and you're not giving them anything. Right. Luke Burbank is calling them daily. Do you even know who he is? <laughs> it's a good segue into Entitled Etiquette. Uh, and this one is a slog this week. Luke uh luke's cable internet was not working and he refused to uh work out the problem himself instead he called it and was pissed that they told him he needed to reboot his system which he had not tried yet i don't want to go through the diy steps and try the sensible things that everybody knows you have to do i just want a person to solve my problem for me and when the person tells him to do the thing he's like well i could have done that myself well, but you chose not to, my friend. You chose not to. Uh, next up, Luke took the GD security training, the cybersecurity training, and boy, is he pissed. 
And boy, were the Wagoneers pissed about this one. No kidding. We got a number of throw your phones on this one. I wish we had time to go through all of throw your phones again because they were great and rage-filled. But um, yeah, Luke, it's part of being in the workforce and part of working for a large company. And it's things that grown-ups have to do, even though it sucks. Yep. Uh, we're going to hold on to all you throw your phones, by the way. I think I just figured out what our next Final Friday show is going to be. We're going to have a lot of mailbag fun. Yeah, we are. Uh, Luke is now simply refusing to fill out his APM time card. He's too important. Yep. Too important well, to fill out his APM time card. Norm gonna... McInerney apparently isn't. Uh, I, I bet even uh, even our friends at Marketplace probably fill out their time cards. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to my favorite bakery this morning. It's next to a Barnes & Noble, which I parked in front of. And in the front window display of the Barnes & Noble is a whole shelf of Nora's new books. And um, if Nora can fill out her APM time card, being a best-selling author, you sure as shit can too, Luke. Yeah, but Luke also can't finish his book, so... <laughs> That's not a joke from the original recording. That's all fresh content for all of you listening to 2.0. Uh, Luke is pissed the dermatologist won't take his insurance just because it got canceled. I really don't know what he expected the dermatologist to do about the fact that he didn't have health insurance. Probably just a little buff and polish. Yeah. Um. In news you can use this week, which I subtitled Men Are Gross. Accurate. (laughs) Some Navy pilots drew a sky dick using contrails or chemtrails, depending on your level of understanding of science, and kind of got in trouble, but not really. And I think our consensus on this was, so they drew a sky dick. Who cares? Yes. I think we also decided that we'd be a lot more impressed if they came back with the female anatomy. (laughs) Yes, we did. (laughs) I think we had an interesting conversation where uh, we said it's the first time that you really wish the wind would pick up and blow it away. And yet it was just hanging there perfectly in the sky. And they were like, come on, come on, come on. And then they knew they were busted. Yeah, it was just hanging there in the sky. Uh, also in the men are gross category, the pooping principal is pissed that the police posted his picture. <laughs> Mike was really defending the pooping principal, which I don't understand, saying that he has some right to privacy, I guess. Well, but I think that his position in society and the fact that he pooped on the football field of the rival school... Uh, makes it newsworthy and that his name and picture are legitimately published. We did also get into an extended conversation about the semantics of a rival school district that I'm actually glad to not repeat. Oh my God. Yes, that was tiresome. I wouldn't have cut it out when I was putting the show together because I'm too lazy to edit for content, but <laughs> I probably could have done without it. So maybe that's a just a little silver lining to today's technical issues. Mm hmm. That dude is gross and he should be run out of town. Yeah. That's what I got to say. If you are an adult American who has access to bathroom facilities, there is no reason, unless you're having a medical emergency, to be pooping in the wild. 
I mean, unless you're like on a long hike, whatever. Don't at me. <laughs> and also, I, I love that uh, you don't have Twitter. <laughs> and also, Grumpy Cat died, and I yeah. think that's where our discussion really landed on that. We got nothing. Yeah, nothing. Sad, I guess. Sure. In Podcasters Anonymous, uh, I read this word for word the way you wrote it last time, and I'm going to read it that way again. Jesus, God in heaven, what to say about the lady who drank four margaritas at lunch, and ergo must be a hard drinker, which is why she looks rough. Good thing Luke took care of his problem before it got to this point. Salads and water for everybody. Oh, I'm kind of sad to lose this content, because I think we did have a good discussion about this, about how even very liberal men who respect women still feel entitled to judge women's bodies and make statements about them and how for Luke, it wasn't really about this lady. It was about the fiction that he created around her perceived alcoholism. He had no idea why she was having margaritas. That could have been any number of reasons. It could have been that she's an alcoholic. It could have been that she was having a special occasion. Should have been, could have been that she got fired, but he doesn't know. And yet his narrative uh, was one of alcoholism and self-congratulation that he will not suffer that fate. And it was just kind of, it's kind of gross guys. We cringed. Listeners cringed. Um, Yep. 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 Uh, let's do a little Australia talk and throw another cliche on the Barbie. <laughs> there were a few people scratching their heads about this uh, as Luke and Andrew announced that any Aussie listeners who want to actually meet them while they are on the continent of Australia should show up at their hotel on Sunday night between 7 and 7.03 p.m. and they can get together. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Why are they doing this again? Uh. Well, their schedules don't permit meeting up at any practical time. Oh, do you mean why are they going to Australia to ask for our money? Nobody understands that. Right. If they're not going to make anything more than a token uh, attempt to actually engage mm-hmm. with fans, we. I mean, we've said this before. We don't really need to. At least they had. They've made some gesture i guess that's not nothing mm-hmm. and the other australia related news was a story about a a library at the university of canberra that uh, was evacuated because of fears of a natural gas leak and it turned out that it was a durian fruit that had been thrown into a trash can that was near an air vent and uh, that leads a little bit of, to a little bit of talk about a durian fruit and Andrew says, yeah, maybe he would try that. No cottage cheese, no. but he'll try nasty, stinky fruit. Yeah, you just stinky fruit that looks like a fetus. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty amazing what it looks like. Yeah. In fact, you wouldn't even be allowed to eat that fruit in Alabama or Missouri until it comes to term now. That's another new joke. Uh, Self-actualization chronicles. Uh, uh, Luke and Andrew read a long-form article in the New York Times Magazine about a guy whose cousin tried to kill him. And it it spiraled into some toxic masculinity talk. Mm -hmm. I did read the article. I don't think any of 
the the rest of you had, we right? Had not. I think I was the only one who had read it. It is long, but it's not as long as Andrew made it out to be. You know, he says he's a slow reader, and I would say it took me about 15 minutes to read it, but it was very interesting and very scary and talked a lot about the ideas of masculinity and and manhood that men search for, that men look up to, that men try to hold on to, and how it helps them and also destroys them in the long run. It was really great. I recommend. Or, Or to quote Luke, highly recommend. Uh, we'll link to it because you're going to have time to kill after listening to this since it's shorter than normal. Although you won't know it's shorter until you start listening because we're going to we're going to fill out the file nicely. Uh, listener Sarah wrote in asking them not to ignore the wholesale distress of American women over the assault on abortion. Uh, this conversation is one that we were waiting for all week. A lot of listeners were waiting for all week. And on Friday, they finally do. Thanks to Sarah's email have a conversation about this. And it's a nice reminder that at the end of the day, these are still two nice, thoughtful guys who understand and are allies. And it's tough sometimes when we hope that they'll speak truth uh, and they don't. And we remember that they struggle with their position with that being the kind of show that they are. Right. I, I agree. This is what I wanted from them. And I'm, I'm not necessarily invested that I need to have them comment on current events or anything like that. But why I liked this conversation, apart from the really, I think, good things that they said was the way that they talked about it. I think the thing that frustrates me the most often about TBTL is that they don't seem to use a lot of common sense when they talk about things and easily answered questions are just tossed out there. But in this conversation, they really did remind us of how thoughtful and smart they both are. And that's why I started listening to TBTL and silly too. That's awesome. And that's mostly what I want, but I need to know that the people doing the talking aren't a couple of dopes. And I do forget that sometimes. Yeah, we will do the emails that everybody has sent in a little more thoroughly at the end of the month. But um, listener Sam, who's always our our leading light on these issues with the guys, even she uh, sent us a a phone hug moment from Friday um, coming around after what was a pretty frustrating week for the world on on being able to hear from them about this. And we were we were glad to hear it, too. Uh, The last note in these uh, self-actualization chronicles reads, and I quote, Anne, Batman, 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 California Raisins, Batman, Batman. I think that covers it. Yeah. Final (laughs) thoughts. We had a couple of good spoofs this week. I had nominated one of the guys saying uh, it's Georgia O'Keeffe at 30,000 feet for the thought of what else those guys could have done with their contrails. Uh-huh. And the the other candidate we had came from when Andrew was trying to think of a Christmas movie that he had seen when he was 10 years old and said that it starred Andy Rooney instead of Mickey Rooney. And uh, Luke ran with the idea of Andy Rooney in a, a Christmas movie that was pretty funny. Yeah, I believe it was. I don't like tinsel. Does that make me bad? Something like that. 
I think I'm now the fourth person who's tried to do that impression in the last few days. <laughs> Our must listen for for this week is Tuesday, episode 2900, mainly because it's a milestone that highlights sort of a standard of where TBTL is these days. And also because I enjoyed the extended fantasy of what would have happened if Andy Man Grill had taken off and Andrew was the heir to the Andy Man Grill th- throne th- fame. I don't know. I just saying I mean, throne think... reminds me we're the only two people right now who aren't anticipating tonight's Game of Thrones episode with. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's right. That's why nobody else is around. They're all strapping in and doing whatever they need to do. Man, I actually have been having a lot of thoughts about Game of Thrones this week as it relates to the wider world. Maybe we can get into that at some point. Absolutely. Um, I was thinking that if Andrew had become the heir to the Andy Man grill fortune, he would have been like Don Trump Jr., just, you know, with a better beard, right? Huh. Be all suited up and slicked back and capped teeth. He'd be living in that world. Oh, my God. That's an image to leave everyone with here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I do want to shuffle through my notes really quick. Is there anything else I missed? Um, one of you recommended that I buy my godson's Goodnight Goodnight construction sites because they're obsessed with what oh, they yeah. call diggers right now, which uh, that's great. I've already actually, since we spoke earlier, Amazon primed that, so it'll be there on Tuesday. LittleRedBandMaga.com slash Amazon, by the way, is the link I used to do that. <laughs> uh, Mike is eating ice chips as a treat. Um, I mean, really... Older pregnancies are are difficult, so you will have to support him. Make sure he takes his prenatals. Oh, God. Mike doesn't understand insurance. Um, we already talked about the problem with the internet. Other stinky foods. That's how we got to scallop talk. Uh, the chewing gum of food. Uh <laughs> And uh, we will have to reschedule the Battle Royale with cheese, which is the Swiss cheese True. debate. Mm-hmm. I had originally very su- suggested we do that on a final Friday show anyway, but then you ex- insisted that it was too urgent. <laughs> <laughs> what do I know? So now it's just going to have to wait. So stay tuned for Ellen's that. Ellen's not mad at me. I don't care. <laughs> um, I believe this recap from a year ago has all the usual housekeeping on it, but know that this week's Earbuds and Earworms is the worst songs and an attempt to defend them from the hosts. Um, Good luck. And now, and unless you've got anything else. Um, I feel this urge to apologize to everybody for the recap being lost. But I'm like, no, it wasn't my fault. No, this was. I mean, really. Listen, Hillary wanted to do something at our usual recording time. If she hadn't made us move it, then... We wouldn't have been recording during my power outage, so I think really it's her fault. <laughs> Actually, I think I was the one who set the final time, but... Well, I was going to blame you second. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's everybody's <laughs> fault but yours? Yeah, pretty much. All right, perfect. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll figure out ways to avoid this in the future, but hey, we've made it 400 episodes with very few fuck-ups, so mm-hmm. I think all in all we're doing pretty well. I mean, listen, so we've been having steady rain and winds today. It's snowing in Duluth, so it could be worse. <laughs> and hey, we didn't even talk about this, but I'm going to be in Minnesota in July. We're going to have to start planning. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. 
Uh, why don't we do that while everybody else listens to this? It's going to be episode number 324, uh, a best of in that it is from one year ago this week. Uh, interestingly, I see from the run sheet back then that I talked about going to the ECMC gala and seeing a bunch of wash up nineties musicians. I actually did that, oh, again yeah, did that again last weekend. <laughs> hey, sometimes history repeats itself. Um, and we talked about a lot of other great stuff. This was right after the guys did not win the WBUR podcast contest. And boy, did we have thoughts about that. And you're going to get to hear them now. Yep. So uh, enjoy this trip back in time to our best of episode 324 from May 21st, 2018. Welcome aboard Why We Love Why Is This Happening with Chris Hayes, the WBUR Next Great Show Contest 21st Place Finishing Series, where we discuss why we love the Chris Hayes podcast, Why Is This Happening with Chris Hayes, in Boston Music Aviva Studios in beautiful, safe Brighton, Massachusetts, pronounced Brighton, I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me in the Hodges Sabaro Studios in Lincoln Park, Michigan, it's Meredith, the MVH Van Harn. Good morning, Meredith. Welcome back. Hey, Bobby. Thanks. And in the call room overlooking Town Lake Studios in Austin, Texas, it's Hillary Hillev H-Bomb. We haven't scared her off yet. Livingston Butler. Good morning, Hillary. <laughs> Hello. Good morning. And in the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, also pronounced Brighton, Minnesota, it's <laughs> Anne with a plan, Lundholm. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, Bobby. Hillary and I are best friends now. We are. No need to jump her in a dark alley. <laughs> We've settled our beef. <sighs> We've bonded over our mutual love of the terrible musical Grease 2. And we are now besties. I mean, that terrible. Happen, didn't it? terrible but also like the best it's uh like oh, a, clearly it's canon in the livingston household so um i know it's awful but i i just have an undying love for it and ann mm -hmm. and i share that in common and so we were able to squash our beef uh, earlier this mm -hmm. week well uh, any friend of ann's is a friend of mine mainly because i don't <laughs> want to be on the wrong side of ann so <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that's a job reserved for mike Ooh. Yeah, it's not a good look, Mike. Nope. Uh, so I guess since we just barely didn't make the cut from WBUR, we should probably just talk about <laughs> TBTL instead of the Chris Hayes podcast. Well, um, you never know. Somebody might drop out. Okay. We could still have a chance. Mm -hmm. I will keep my, uh, I was going to say keep my ear by the phone, but I guess I'll keep my fingers by the inbox uh, until that happens. Uh, we'll do our TBTL Week in Review. Before that, we'll do some... LRV business. After that, we'll do some housekeeping and then we'll do some how to get involved. I think that's the first time I've done them in the wrong order. Uh, so, some LRV business to start. It's been a busy couple of weeks. Uh, last weekend, Sam and I were in Buffalo and we attended a gala for the local big community hospital. And it was quite the conversation because Sam didn't look fully at the invitation before we went and did not realize that we were going to be seeing a half dozen of your favorite hip-hop r&b karaoke 90s artists doing just their greatest hits as part of the gala, uh, gala. so we had one of the weather girls uh singing so wrong singing <laughs> i can't remember which one singing a couple of songs followed by it's raining men stelma houston came and sang. she's got the music in her ear but couldn't hear anything in her monitors the whole time so there was a delightful bit of irony uh 
Color Me Bad was there. Uh, someone else, I'm blanking on one of the groups, and I feel so bad about it, but that's how big this list was. And then Tone Loke came with the hype man and sang both of his hits, um, barely. And then Montel Jordan came out and sang three quarters of This Is How We Do It. Stopped, <laughs> Which is an excellent us- song. Mm-hmm. It's also his only song. <laughs> he, st- he stopped to pray for us because he's a born-again Christian and wanted us to oh. know that. And then he proceeded to sing This Is How We Do It Again from beginning to end. <laughs> what? <laughs> That is super weird. So that is how he does it. Uh, He comes out, he does his song 1.6 times, and then he gets paid. (laughs) Not a bad living. So that is why I wasn't on the show last week. Were all members of Color Me Bad there? Was it the whole, I think, four of them? That's really sad that I know like kind of some detail about them. (laughs) uh, I I do believe it was all of them. Yes. (laughs) And I'm sure that they were each promised their own hotel room and uh, uh, probably multiple thousands of dollars to be there. It's a good gig. Does anybody remember when they turned up on 90210? Um, yes, I, of course. It was a I didn't pivotal really app. even. Yeah, I didn't really even watch 90210, sort of, but I remember them being on there somehow. It was a big deal. That's the episode that Donna found out that her dad was having an affair. This is why I'm not successful in life, because Whoa. these are the details I remember. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway, yes, it was a really, really um, intense episode, but um, I think they were trying to get up to their, their hotel room, and they did succeed. So, you know, those plucky kids from mm-hmm. Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. See, I wanted to share this story to make you all jealous, but I'm really having a hard time selling the sizzle. Uh, But yeah, it's good to be back from that. Um, We have a little actual show-wide business we need to attend to, which is that we have another Friday show coming up. We still do those sometimes. Uh, And it's the end of the month approaching quickly. So we need your topics, questions, and suggestions dear listeners for our Friday show. Uh, we will go through the mailbag and that includes things at throw and the Facebook page and emailed to us at little red bandwagon at gmail.com. Uh, but we won't have anything to talk about if you don't tell us what you want. So consider this uh, an ask us anything type situation within reason, you know, <laughs> we reserve the right to say, nah, right. we're not going to answer that. <laughs> Uh, but send us what you want from us. And we'll also um, dive into the mailbag because we just can't get to everything uh, every week in the recap. So although this was a particularly light week for three or four moments, which is surprising given the week of TBTL we just had. Yeah, but 40% of the week was guest hosts. Yeah. So well, that's true. And we already Sometimes. know that they are universally loved as uh, HBO yep. joined mm-hmm. the Stens page. <laughs> uh, Hillary, you saw a movie. I did. I did. I saw a movie. I actually went out. Um, I saw, um, this was kind of per Christie's request. Um, I saw Tully, which, um, especially for moms, but also for, I would say a large part of our audience is probably not in their twenties. So anybody that's maybe like getting into their thirties or later, it's, it's a really, I loved it. I thought it was really touching and I cried at the end, like a big baby. And I, I can't tell too much about the plot because it's like 
you kind of need to go in fresh, but it's basically about like an, uh, a mom that just had her third kid and she's a little overwhelmed. Um, it's funny ish, but it's just really, I think moving. So high recommend over here. And, and this is the thing. Every fucking movie is like three hours long. This movie is 90 minutes long, 90 minutes. You're out. Ooh, yeah. I like it. So, um, I really, I really dug that. So I was home like at nine o'clock. I was psyched. So anyway, high recommend. Nice. But how can they keep it to 90 minutes uh, and still have a big fight scene? It, you know, somehow <laughs> they figured it out, Sans fight scene. So it was true. Hmm. Um, I know. It's it's kind of impossible to imagine. But, yeah, it was really, really good. Even with the previews, I think it started I – mean, it was supposed to start at 7.20, and I was out by 9. So They know their target audience. I do. People who want to really be home by 9. People who have a babysitter. Yeah. It's, Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, no, it was really good, and I I recommend it. And I mean, obviously, with for moms, it'll make a, some impact. But I think everybody would enjoy it. So. Runtime of Tully one hour thirty six minutes, according to Google. Same exact runtime as the film Juno, which people also searched for while searching for Tully. Well, because it's the same mm. writer director. Yeah. Which, but it's so. definitely like less. You know, Juno is very like home skill. You know, funny kind of whatever kind of dorky dialogue this is not like that it's, aggressively quirky mm-hmm. yes this is not aggressively quirky it's it's uh a little bit more down the line would you call lrb aggressively quirky or not aggressively quirky <laughs> i'm just trying to figure out which one is the show title <laughs> uh um, yeah we'll work on it we have time yeah, yeah we'll sit with it it's fine <laughs> We'll see how the show goes. <laughs> that is an excellent point. We've got a couple of throw your phone moments that I think we'll tackle as they go. Meredith, why don't you get us started with our week in review? All right. Let's go to Monday, 2639. Some pretzel parts, some brown thing parts. And I just love the nod to Gardetto's um, because the brown things are, are the best part about Gardetto's. Oh my God, yes. And mm-hmm. I will fight anyone who says otherwise. Yeah. Um, Question, we've, though. Yes. Sorry to interrupt right off the bat, but do you want the bag of all brown things or is picking them out of the mix part of the adventure? No, I always feel like you need the opposite to enjoy the best part. Like you have to get through the dry pretzels um, and then the brown things are, are just that much more sweet. Yeah. Yep. Great. It's you. darkest before the dawn, Gardetto's style. <laughs> <laughs> and Meredith just came up with a new marketing <laughs> campaign for Gardetto's. <laughs> Eat these gross pretzels so you can have the delicious brown things. Um, all right. Monday, we've got Hannah Brooks Olson and Nick Jarin as guests. They are wonderful. Um, we start out with uh, dog talk, and we learn that HBO's got an adorable dog who loves apples. Um, and uh, I am absolutely signing up for her email newsletter just to get pictures of her dog. Yeah, it's a cute dog. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, they talk about Avengers and Black Panther, although they call them the Avengers movie and the Black Panther movie over and over <laughs> and over. Um, I still haven't seen either of these. Uh, the huge oversight on my part. I have a lot of movie catching up to do. Um, does anyone have anything to add to this movie discussion? No. Super Mm-mm. Troopers 2 was pretty all right. <laughs> cool. When Mike and I went and saw it. <laughs> uh I haven't seen the Avengers movie and I've been getting a lot of shit from friends who say I need to. And I keep reminding them that I haven't seen the 18 prequels first 
So I don't know if I'm going to. That's be able what to keep I keep up. hearing is that you, you. It doesn't make any sense unless you've seen all these other superhero movies, and superhero movies are not usually my jam. Like I'm going to see Deadpool two for sure, and I like the X Men films. But that's about where my interest ends, and I just think I would be lost, and yeah. I don't really care that much. I definitely want to see Black Panther though. I did like the Black Panther movie. Um, that was absolutely worth my time, <laughs> and I would see it again actually. Um, but uh, just all these other ones, I just. I mean, I guess I'll figure it out, right? They're good guys. They're working together, but there's probably some sort of internal strife, and they're fighting against bad guys who are probably more complex than we expected. Are and you then psychic? A <laughs> That's amazing. That's my review of the Avengers movie. It it exists. <laughs> I just get tired of of fight scenes, and I'm. I don't want to – I'm not criticizing anybody who enjoys the superhero movies because my brother is huge, huge, huge into them. And he gets very sensitive if he feels that I'm criticizing them. But I so often think that they start with the the fighting, the set piece, the big thing. And there's always a point where the camera draws back and all the Avengers or whoever are all like posed with their weapons extended and you're like oh yep that's the poster right there mm-hmm. and i'm like Ugh, it just feels contrived it just seems like they build the whole movie around getting to that image i'm like i'm just sort of bored i like the joke parts the thing that irritates me the most is the practical nature of all the things that they're destroying like I, yeah. you know all state is going to be really mad about this if they're really going through the city and destroying every car that they see and every building that they see it's like this this is an insane amount of property damage yeah it's going to be really hard to recover from this farmers does not have a museum big enough to have statues for all the (laughs) weird claims that are going to come up from this true that would make a great farmers commercial though or like a great farmers parody though Mm-hmm. If they just walked through a ruined city and just like annotated pop-up video style, like how much everything cost and what sort of claim it was, that that's actually great. a good idea. Yeah, it is. Um, I could see J.K. Simmons having a ball yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. so good. What is he doing in these commercials? He's so good. Anyway, he must have signed the contract before he won the Oscar, right? Yeah, I would hope so. I yeah. hope there's a re-up. This is like Jennifer Garner doing those Capital One commercials, except J.K. Simmons is a really good actor. <laughs> Less forehead acting than her. Yeah. Actually, I don't want to fight with you about Jennifer Garner, Bobby, because I really like her. I do, too. I'm a, I know. like also, her in every other situation. In these card commercials, I hate her, but I love her everywhere else. J.K. Simmons also has a solid amount of forehead acting, actually. Maybe that's a, right. pre- a prerequisite for like yeah. these big commercial runs. You've got to be able to use your face. They're like, sure, she's great, but how big is her forehead? <laughs> you have to have a five head. <laughs> Good one. Um, we, I feel like this is Donald Glover and This Is America has been talked about to death, but I do love it. And I, I watched the Carly Rae Jepsen thing, and there are a couple different versions. And there's one with her vocals that's only like a minute long. And it was actually really impressive um, how well it matched up. And I don't think it cheapens it. It, it was just an entertaining little mashup. That's my take on it. Agree. I think we're over overthinking this. Yeah. Okay. If we're saying that a Carly Rae Jepsen, do we even call it a parody video? Because it's not really not even. A, a little a, a spoof. Doesn't diminish the art of the original. Yeah. The, one, the white lady the, feminist take uh, on it. Now that's offensive. No, that's awful that, and horrible. And it was just bad. And I'm like, do your own shit, man. Like, do, why are you 
copying on this. Like, if you want to do something, great. But this was, like, an original piece of art for something, like, particular. Don't uh, cop it. Uh, it was just, it was in such bad taste. Yeah, that's a study in contrast. Like, that yeah. was awful. The Carly Rae Jepsen one was fine and harmless and funny and cute. Yeah. Um, we did get a throw your phone from listener Katie. And it's, well, it's actually a hug my phone and throw my phone at the same time. So the hug my phone part is Nick Jarn explaining to Andrew that the mispronunciation of Donald on 30 Rock was a joke about how white people mispronouncing a black person's name just because they're black. <laughs> Donald. Donald Glover. <laughs> um, and then her throw your phone was Andrew not realizing that the joke is on him since he actually thought it was pronounced Donald. And then in parentheses, it's pronounced Proboy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what she meant. Yeah, I really, I love this throw your phone. I thought it was a great point. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's true. Andrew was, I mean, how on earth he ever thought that it was actually pronounced Denald is beyond (laughs) me. It's that Key and Peele sketch. It's substitute Substitute teacher. (laughs) Yes. My favorite Key and Peele sketch. There's a guy, the IT. IT the IT guy in my office is named Aaron, and I, like, can't say his name. I'm like, hey, Aaron. He's hey, Aaron. And he's like, <laughs> he's like mm, relax. Um, they cover the, the cancellation and quick re-pickup of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and what a good show that is. Hannah Brooks Olsen loves it. Um, I love it, too. I wasn't convinced at first. Um, I think that's what Nick said. He wasn't super into it at first. And I thought uh, I thought it would be unfortunate because of the inclusion of Andy Samberg. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. he can mm-hmm. be such a cheese ball. Um, but it's, it's actually a hilarious, well-written and cute and funny and poignant show in, in a lot of ways. So I'm really glad that it's not dying. That said, I'm not caught up on it. So it's partially my fault, I guess. No, it's weird because I did start watching it in the beginning and I really enjoyed it. And I thought it was a great show. And then I just stopped and I don't know why. And I think I should start watching that again. Yeah. And then I don't. <laughs> Well, I've got a lot. I, I started watching um, uh, Law and Order SVU from the beginning because I've never seen it. Oh, and oh my God. You got a lot to catch up on. I have a lot on. to catch up on. I've been watching it for months and I'm only at season five and I feel like I watch one almost every day. <laughs> but I have to chase it with something sweet and funny. And so I think that would actually be a really good because it's so soul sucking to watch a lot of SVU. Um, yeah. So I need to add in something kind of funny and lighthearted to, to the mix. And so maybe that would be a good one. I've been layering it with Adventure Time. Um, because they're short and they're bizarre and it's totally the opposite of SVU. But I think maybe Brooklyn Nine-Nine would be a nice thing to add in to that rotation. Meredith, can can I ask a, a non-judgmental question? Mm-hmm. But why are you watching SVU from the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was talking to my friend Laura and she was like, this... She loves it. And she's like, this show sounds like it'd be right up your alley. And I was like, I've never seen it and it I can't, you know, without having ever seen it, I couldn't um, disentangle it from like CSI in my mind. I was it's it's one of those dumb crime procedurals. It's got that dumb lady with pigtails who works in the lab who's annoying. I can't stand. And the, but that's a different show. So I had to I got it straight, and then I watched the first few episodes, and I was hooked. And so now now I'm also addicted to it. So that's why. I mean, I'm I'm not saying no to Elliot Stabler. Yeah. Well, and it's it's amazing. I love um I love Olivia's hair changes. And her mm-hmm. her outfits are incredible. Um, like right now, she's in her zip up hoodie sweater phase, 
Just every season, every episode, she's wearing a different zip-up hoodie that she zips right below her boobs. It's just, it's mm-hmm. just so much fun to watch. And and I have now a game where I call the real murderer, you know, at the, the within the first five minutes. And so it's really fun to see how how good I am at that. And I'm getting better and better. And I can also predict what Cragen's going to say before he says it. <laughs> two notes: one, that's how I wear my hoodies, and two. <laughs> Next time someone shits on me for NCIS, I'm going to pull up the tape of this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Just because I like my murder and rape uh, when it's naval related. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know the Navy was so violent, but... I I didn't know that the Navy had such a wide, like, jurisdiction. I don't understand how they keep being involved (laughs) in all of these things. I keep trying to get Dave to explain it to me. Why are they involved? How are they involved in this? also the marines i know he's i know we've talked about it extensively (laughs) i'm waiting for the coast guard spinoff because you do in a couple of occasions meet the um sort of equivalent law officers of the coast guards um investigative service and it would just be really funny to have an entire series spinoff that's just the coast guard police has there ever been a mashup with them in like Miami Vice? Because they've got those those speedboats. Speedboats, funny they they come together to tackle a drug runner. Yeah. I would love to see Don Johnson come out and <laughs> <laughs> we just bring them all together. It's it's the NCIS crew and Scott Bakula's there for some reason because New Orleans is involved and Don Johnson because then it's Miami. Right. It could be a whole waterfront situation. We are it's full like the of Avengers ideas today. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Oh, Siri must have been listening to to me. My watch has movie times for Deadpool's on it for some reason. I wasn't even. Hmm. Huh. I guess that's a sign. All right. Um. Next on my list is just a word that says bears. I guess they were talking. What were they talking? Oh, a bear that like broke into a car and ate some cupcakes. Something about bears. I guess Pe- people who knew there were bears in the neighborhood and thought, I know where we'll keep the cupcakes in our car. They've destroyed our house, but our car is fine. So I'll put yeah. the food in the car. Smart. And now the car is destroyed. Um, we get an email from a listener about, uh, their teacher appreciation moment. That was very sweet. Their grades were slipping a little bit and their parents incentivized them with the promise of a kitten. And the teacher was fully committed to this. And they did bring this, this listener's grades up. That was a very sweet story. Um, and then we get another from, uh, two, I think two emails about found money. One was in Chicago. Um, or maybe this is the same one. I don't know. Uh, but somebody found a hundred dollars put it into a lotto card machine to get $10 worth of cards and then notice that it doesn't give change, which really is terrible. And their comments were right on about like taking advantage of people who play the lottery. It's just so evil Mm -hmm. and predatory. And um, they ended up having to buy a hundred dollars worth of lotto cards that didn't pay off. So that sucks. We've had the found money conversation before. So I don't know that there's new new ground to tread there, but just just um, if you find money, whatever you do, don't spend it on scratch offs. Yeah, yeah. You're already ahead. Just stay there. All right, that's Monday. Okay, let's go to Tuesday, number twenty six forty. Cleanliness is next to podliness. Hannah is back all by herself. I really like it when Hannah and Nick are on together because I think there's a really a good vibe. She keeps them from getting into the weeds too mm-hmm. much, but I also like her on her um, on her own as a guest too. She's 
fantastic. Um, we are not talking about Robbie Cano. All right, guys? We're not <laughs> talking about Robbie Cano. We're just not going to talk about him. You mean- We're not going to talk about Robbie Cano mean, and how he got suspended for 80 games for using a banned substance. Legendary Mariner fan. <laughs> legendary second baseman Robbie Cano. We're not going to talk about him. We're not going to talk about nope, the fact that he did not have PEDs in his system, but he had the drug you take when you don't want people to find PEDs in your system in his system. Yep, we're not talking about it's it. It's not suspicious at all. I think it was no. a benzo. Oh come on. <laughs> Uh, uh, and instead, we're not going to talk about how Andrew replaced his router and then had a temper tantrum at Comcast customer service on the phone, because there is very little in this world that is less interesting to me than talking about telecom customer service calls. So we'll just note that his behavior continues as far as those types of things go. And this is going to be a quick day because I don't really want to talk about the nuts and bolts of their cleaning talk either. I mean, no. What's the point of me reciting cleaning tips on a recap, right? Yeah. But they do do a, a bunch of home remedies and tips, I guess, for their cleaning love. And uh, the one thing that I really wanted to talk about as far as this goes, is something that Hannah said towards the end of the conversation, which is that there is no superiority in being tidy. And I think that's a really interesting uh, avenue to discuss because I am an extremely clean person and I get shit for it. And I don't understand what the deal is. It's like, People would be like, oh, and you probably you just think that I'm terrible because I'm so messy. And I'm like, I don't care if you're messy. I don't feel better than you because I'm clean. I just need my space to be clean. I don't care about your space at all. And on the the Internet, you will find dozens and dozens and dozens of memes and articles and conversations about how it's been shown that clean people are less creative or... Um, clean people are boring or all of that stuff and i'm like look it's fine if you want to be messy be messy but don't drag me down to make yourself feel better (laughs) and i've got a theory about this um and i think it goes along with um the same thing that i experienced when i I was a vegetarian for seven years and people would get uh touchy about that and and i i never told anyone what what they should eat i didn't care what other people ate i just didn't want to eat it so i think what it is is it's about them feeling inferior not about they think you feel superior 100%. i think they're mm-hmm. they think they're projecting their inferiority onto you it's it not about you at all absolutely a defense mechanism yeah yep. it is a you are a better person than me or so i believe and i am going to fight back that stereotype even though it's all on my side it's it's a whole envy thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i honestly i can't think in clutter like i can't even have too many windows open on my computer yeah or i can't have yeah. too many browser windows open I, because then it's like my brain gets paralyzed and i can't find anything so i have to just keep tight i'm the same way i'm the exact same way i'm also a zero inbox person me too Um, yep and i was just attacked on the internet for that the other day because somebody was like post your total and unread and i was like zero five (laughs) and everyone's like what's wrong with you you're crazy like well 
no, I'm not. It's just the way I have to deal with things because if it's sitting there, it's something I have to do and I like to check things off my to-do list. Same. Mm -hmm. If I have any notifications, like the little uh, oh, no, you know, no, apples are I'm like, all gone. <laughs> oh, no, done. Yeah. yeah. I have to turn off apps that notify a lot. I'll turn off the yes. badges because yeah, I just, yeah, me too. Yeah, it kills me. I have to stop what I'm doing and check my inboxes. I'm not so good. I currently have 31 email, zero unread sitting in my personal inbox and 71 in my work. But I leave things in my work inbox if I know I need to come back to them. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mm hmm. I mean, as far as cleaning, as far as cleaning goes, if you have like slime in your bathroom, I'm going to judge you. Okay. <laughs> yes. Because, oh, that's gross. But other than that, you do what you need to do. It's okay. Yeah. There's I a point at which it I'm becomes, better than you. And... It, yeah. It can be a health issue like mold. Right. But anything yeah. beyond like a hazard or pests you know, that you could easily get rid of. I, I just don't care. It's not where I live. So do what you want. Mm-hmm. And I just won't use your toilet. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> oh, I, I dated a guy once when I was in college whose house was so disgusting and I couldn't really not ever go to his house. So I just started scrubbing his bathtub, which I'm not proud of, but I wasn't going to use it otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> That's our coping mechanism. Yep. <laughs> Here, let me help you out with that. <laughs> My problem is, is I love things to be clean, but I like am so tired that I just don't. <laughs> so it's like, I <laughs> wish they were clean, but I'm like, I that's why I have to get a housekeeper like twice mm -hmm. a month because I'm like, I mean, obviously I, I clean the kitchen and pick up. It's not like I have dirty dishes stacked. It's just more the bathroom or, you know, vacuuming stuff. I can't. Well, you've got two little kids. You no. have a perfectly valid, I mean, not that you need a valid reason to get a housekeeper. Anyone can yes. get a housekeeper, but that is absolutely understandable. I can't do it. I just mm -hmm. can't. Anyway. And it's not like it's fun. I mean, there are a few people like Andrew and Hannah that I think use cleaning as a self-soothing yes. mechanism yeah. a lot of times. Make yeah. order out of chaos. I have a friend that's like that. She's like, when I'm stressed out, I clean and it makes me feel better. I don't enjoy the cleaning process at all, but I need it to be done. Yeah. So you suck it up and you do it. Yep. And someday, maybe I'll get a housekeeper. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Um, in uh, Dazzling Donor today, our friend Hess, and she gives a shout out to LRB. So I wanted to give Hess a shout Absolutely. out. Hey, girl. And her adorable dog, Coconut. Mm -hmm. I know. I love seeing his <laughs> pictures on Facebook. I do, too. <laughs> it's great. And there is a voicemail today, an anonymous voicemail uh, from a shame eater who uh, tends to hide the wrappers in boxes in odd places when she's shame eating and then now is cleaning and comes upon them and finds them and and her shame returns <laughs> and uh i think we've heard this before but andrew mentioned that uh Vives puts cheese slice wrappers in her pockets <laughs> i love and that so, he, so much he finds them I, now i gotta question this why would you put a cheese wrapper in your pocket it's shame Where eating. Where are you going? Any cheese in their household is shame eating. <laughs> <laughs> I like our, we're just, we don't have a trash can anywhere. You can't put the it on the table and then put it in the trash later. We well, don't want people I to just, see I'm it. Not... You can't put it in your, you can't put it on the table because then somebody knows you ate a craft single. 
all by itself in the living room. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't think, you know, and you, you didn't need it right away because you, you would have unwrapped it in the kitchen if you did that, right? You'd take it out of the fridge and unwrap it and eat it mm-hmm. or, or unwrap it and start eating it. No, you put it in your pocket and then in a moment of need remembered, oh yeah, craft single in my pocket. I have this warm, <laughs> half melted piece of American cheese in my pants. Let's not go crazy with the word cheese. <laughs> All cheese right. product. Cheese product. <laughs> well, I don't think that this should be a shame-eating issue at all. And God knows she shouldn't have to hide it from Andrew. I mean, nobody should feel ashamed at anything they eat in front of Andrew, True. given his <laughs> proclivities. <laughs> the trick is you put it on the table, and then you just use one of those empty Bud Light bottles to keep it from blowing away. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody gets their want. No judgment. <laughs> All right, that's Tuesday. Can I? I have a note from Tuesday, and I can't remember where it came up in conversation, but I think it was Andrew and and Hannah probably had similar experience, so they were bonding over this. But everyone in high school knew the one guy who would really just take over a mosh pit, and I think it was Andrews. The guy was named Mighty Mosh. Did I make <laughs> I this remember up? This at I don't all, know what Bobby, you're talking are you, about. Are you sure it wasn't a fever dream? No, I vaguely remember the mosh talk. Like, vaguely. I think it's because it resonated with my childhood more than maybe you guys. There was some ska talk. Oh, Oh, it must have been because of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Hey, I went through a ska phase. Me too. I mean, um, I also went through a mosh pit phase. Right. uh, Where I was absolutely into just going in there and getting, you know, bashed around by 15 angry teenagers. Yeah, it sounds like a nightmare now. I don't know. It, it's it's just a giant pile of mostly non-sexual body contact. It's, right. It's just a it's a coming of age tale to be sure. Moshing scared me because I I just I knew I couldn't hold up, but I like loved Sublime in 1996. So mm, yeah, <laughs> who did? I think well my my intro to those kind of shows was well because my first show ever was an ICP show, and oh, yeah. so I think I it was like you know um baptism by fire because the most of icp's fans are 400 pound white men who are also six foot five and so they w- there were several times where i was squashed between four of them on all sides and i thought my ribs were gonna break and i was gonna stop breathing and i was like this is awesome oh meredith <laughs> It's the opposite reaction of that situation on an airplane yeah it's all about the context Anyway, Mighty Mosh. That's all. It's just that's okay. the only thing I wrote for Tuesday <laughs> was the words Mighty Mosh, and I wanted to make sure I mentioned them. Uh, with that, we'll go to Wednesday, 2641. Uh, Yanni and Hardy. Uh, I'm already I've so got... tired of this Laurel <laughs> Yanni thing. Yeah, I've got this in categories. Category one is Hawaii talk. Uh, Luke is back from Hawaii. They went for... Uh, 30 seconds of work followed by five days of pleasure or something. That son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. I'm so jealous. I can't even. <laughs> to be fair, I guess it was more or less their five-year anniversary trip. So I'll give him He that. just figured out how to get it all expenses paid. <laughs> so those auto dealers of Washington State are thoroughly inspired by Luke Burbank and some cup stacking. Now that I think about it, we didn't really get a postmort on his actual nope, presentation. No? We didn't. I was curious to see how it went, and he never talked about it. Well, you know, those videos. Just about his vid yanking. Was... 
if you, you don't have God. to vidyank if you're not going alone. That's the whole point. <laughs> also, incognito mode. Come on, Link. No kidding. Come on. Right? <laughs> We've had this conversation on the show before. Incognito windows are your best friend. Yeah. Uh, Hawaii talk. Uh, Luke tried to board a flight to Honolulu instead of to the appropriate island. <sighs> In their, their hotel. <laughs> Is, by the way, this is uh, how current technology would ruin the plot of Home Alone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that movie just, would be over in 10 minutes. It's <laughs> just airport security would have uh, scooped up Macaulay Culkin, and that would be the end, of the, the end of the run. How do you board the flight to the wrong city uh, in this day and age? Anyway, uh, Luke tried to fly to Honolulu. He couldn't. Um, he was then uh, at a hotel that was four seasons adjacent, uh, where we get some conversation <laughs> about vacation friends the people that you buddy up with when you're on vacation for a week uh when sam and i were on our honeymoon in aruba uh six years ago five and a half years ago we had that experience where there was another couple there that had just gotten married and we were their friends for like four days until they left and we were at a really small hotel resort thing and so we were pretty much the only people around and i did just momentarily think that they were trying to sleep with us but it passed pretty quickly i think they were just lonely <laughs> you always have to consider um, that as a possibility and you have to hope. come up with a strategy yeah. <laughs> okay well i mean <laughs> hope not not because you want it but just because you're you're flattered right okay. i mean Okay. David, I... David and I have gotten to like a couple of times where I'm like, are they trying to sleep with us? When we were in Paris, we like met this couple, but they weren't a couple at a bar. The guy invited us back to his apartment to drink Ooh. wine with them, Ooh. but they weren't a couple. It was like his assistant and Dave and me. We drank a lot of wine and then we left. But I think, I don't know. I don't know. But it was really fun. But I think they maybe were trying to. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like they were. You extroverts baffle me. <laughs> Why would you talk to strangers on vacation? I am racking my brain trying to think of a time I've ever done this, and I can't. No. Well, I, I considered it, um, you know, a compliment that they would want to pay that much attention to us, even if it was, you know. Uh, you know, I, I realized that um, uh, being with Samantha brings our couple average up a couple of notches and so i i would be punching up with this other couple <laughs> so it's flattering yeah yeah exactly yeah. just you know take it for what it is take what you can out of it anyway uh so they uh go over to the four seasons and they're eating in the lobby bar of which we have a picture uh maybe we'll mm -hmm. make the show picture so that we can explain the proximity of what happens here they're sitting in a communal setting uh with a a couple that includes a woman who interrupts the conversation that is turning toward politics, unfortunately, to say, quote, I'm just going to stop you guys. I like him. Run away. Yeah. Bye. Which leads to Luke trying to run away. But they really want to eat at this Four Seasons lobby restaurant. So he uh, sneaks off to try to get a table for, for himself and for Carrie. Uh, and the whole thing gets blown up a little bit when the hostess comes over and says, we got you the table that you just asked for. <laughs> she did put him on blast, but like that lady was so oblivious. It didn't matter. It was fine. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why all this skullduggery is necessary. These are people you're never going to see again. Agreed. You don't have to be rude to them. You just say, well, it's been great talking to you, but we're going to go over to our table and eat. Yeah. That's all you need to say. Good luck making America great again. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> 
I can't believe Luke yeah. engaged with her. I mean, it's uh, it, it just seems like if you're on vacation, there's just no reason to like let's talk about policy with this person that clearly has no idea what she's talking about. It just seemed kind of odd and semi out of character for him because he's usually sort of nice and uh, you know friendly to strangers. So it seemed really odd. This happens though. Um... I've been on vacation. We've been on vacation and had people just jump into these topics. Um, These are just like the first things some people, I know it's amazing to think that people who are huge Trump supporters also lacked basic tact. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, and just by the way, if you're listening and you don't agree with me politically, I won't speak for the ladies. Um, Sorry, this is not an equal time situation. So, Glad you're listening. But I think you can not, speak for me at least. That's we'll also, but Bobby, we'll also survive. We have to you... be. F- <laughs> but what we have to be fair and balanced. But what about the Kenny Chesney fans? <laughs> <laughs> it's my absolute favorite moment of Luke talking about yeah. the Brian Park project. Um, yeah, so um, we're glad that you're listeners. But I, you know. Hit me offline if you want to have a conversation that's not going to go anywhere. I would be shocked. Right. Shocked Shut if we too. had Trump supporter listeners. I really would. You know, it, I... Who knows? <laughs> I guess. Show yourselves. I'm curious. I, I guess the part that amazes me is that there are so many people who are apolitical in the world. Like... Yep. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we should that's go down this road baffling. we have a lot of recap to go. Uh, so that happens, and they get moved to a table three feet away. And yeah, when I found <laughs> that picture of the, the uh, bar, which I think is basically where they were sitting. It really is just like an aisle with the couch on one side and the table on the other. Mm-hmm. Um, on to Sky Jinx. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> Luke says there's a, quote, two-year-old. And I, I question his a, age judgment of this child because I think at two, I think that's probably the... You well, have to pay. Uh, yeah, you Hillary, to you pay. might know better as someone who has yep. children yep. what the cutoff is for... It's two and you have to pay. I traveled with Rory when he was like, I think he was five days before his birthday. And I brought his birth certificate with me because I was like, he's not two yet. He's not two. (laughs) (laughs) Not paying $500 for a ticket. He was fine. I this is a tough I Bobby I knew yep. you had this day and I nope. was like oh sh- shit we're gonna have to talk about this no we don't I'm gonna take the Andrew approach to this which is to say that Luke wanted to discuss it and Andrew said it's a trap mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's right okay so we- this is the what this I have I have pondered this I thought about what I'm gonna say and it's this is children are exist in the world we have to deal with them listen i know they can be really annoying however i flew last week to washington dc and there was two adults playing a casino game with the volume up so people suck sometimes kids suck it's the way it is and sometimes kids have to travel the end parents are trying the end Mm -hmm. i have a lot of empathy for parents who have to travel with little children sometimes it's unavoidable and that's fine i just try to give everyone the benefit of the doubt um, unless they're adults playing casino games at full volume. <laughs> I'm sure that that kid absolutely had to get to Hawaii. Um, no, no, no. I'll make my point. I, I have flown 15 or 16 times this year already. I just checked the other day. Um, I have been Stop on... Stop bragging. I have been on, Oh, yeah. All those commuter flights. Oh, <laughs> so good. Um there have been many flights I've been on with kids who were great. There have been several flights I've been on with adults who were shitty. So 
the rule should be if you can behave yourself at any age, you should be on a flight. And if you can't, you shouldn't. I'd be great with that rule. The enforcement yeah. is a little difficult. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, yeah. I'm softening on the kids flying thing only because I have seen it work well really many times. But I will disagree to say that all parents are trying because unfortunately some parents are terrible. That's true. Not all parents, um, but parents generally are trying. I um, also just a quick note. I, um, you know, the, the, the like sharing of the headphones, that's dumb. I would have been super annoyed yeah, by that. That. Is dumb. that is really dumb. I would have, however, and this is just the, this is just hardwired into me. If I, if I had a sleeping child on me and the people would be like, excuse me, I have to go to the bathroom. I would have been a little bit annoyed. I mean, I wouldn't have been annoyed. Like, no, you can't go. But I would have been like, are you kidding? I just got him to sleep. Are you kidding? But that's just Mm -hmm. my parents like would make me sit in between them when we were flying and wouldn't let me get up to go to the bathroom because they didn't want to like move. So, um, I like, I, that's just as like antithetical to me. So, uh, that's just me. But, but the, the headphone thing is ridiculous. Yes. Going aisle aisle and, and sharing headphones and no. also the two adults but not the child having the audio no. for the yeah, children's that doesn't program. Make any sense. That's <laughs> that is bizarre. Stupid. That's this bizarre. is this is to the point where I thought Luke may have been exaggerating it's it, part of that because it just doesn't even make sense. But No. Um, you also have to just pick your seat strategically. I mean if if you get the last seat or whatever and you don't have a choice, you don't have a choice. But um if I guess I see why a parent would want to be on an aisle with the sake of a kid, but like why parents would go aisle aisle while they're wrestling a child and no. wouldn't try to get two seats together to have yeah. that extra sort of middle yeah. space to kind of, yeah. you know, Sam and I are, are traveling this while we're talking about an upcoming trip and we were discussing if we should go aisle aisle because you always hope that you get a couple in the two seats next to you on those bigger planes because they'll probably scrunch up together toward the window and then you get a little extra breathing room. That's always my hope. But my Nightmare is instead I'll get the two fat guys who ride the little motorcycles next to me. <laughs> or ICP fans. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I need to um, go back a little bit to um, Hess's donor shout out. I, I misgendered Coconut the dog. I'm really, really sorry. Coconut's a girl. Thank you. Oh, how thank, thank that's dare you. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I feel terrible. It's a lady coconut. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as far as kids on planes go i think the problem is that you can't make the hard and fast rule and i think even uh if kids are going to behave they're fine i think that just doesn't quite take enough of the context into it and and kids do sometimes have to fly and they're not always flying to disney world you know if a kid's on a plane it's not because they're necessarily going somewhere fun or even if they are going to visit family there may be a good reason to do that so i think it's hard to make a a strict yeah. ruling yeah. on any of that. I think it's really a case by case basis. You know, my nephew's coming to stay with me next week and he's six months and it's his first flight. So by, and he's just coming to visit family. So by your standards, Bobby, he shouldn't be flying really, but yeah, he is. And my dad can't travel and he's pretty sick and he might never get to see his grandson if the grandson doesn't come to him. So well, and that's, there we go. That's where you bring in the extenuating circumstances. Right. That's logical to me. There could be grandparents in Hawaii, right? I mean, we, we I think we just have to give people. See, the this is my problem. It's it, it. This is my problem. Like, who cares what the cir- circumstances? Like, kids live in the world and travel yeah. sometimes. 
That's what I'm saying. I'm saying like there's shitty kids and there's shitty adults and we just have to like kind of deal with them. And shitty kids and shitty adults should have to take the train. (laughs) (laughs) To Hawaii. That's not my problem. (laughs) There are boats. Spend five Uh, days on a boat. (laughs) I just think it's a situation that looks very similar from the outside. But once you actually know what's going on, there are a million different things that could be going on with people traveling so it's yeah. just hard to establish a rule yeah uh well i don't know why kids and adults alike can't just take a couple benadryl and a little whiskey into the gums before they fly too that would make well that's true why don't they just pipe some um sleeping knockout something into the cabin mm. once the plane takes off and then wake us all back up when we get there i have into that a lot on beverages i have wondered Fine. this all the time i mean just Especially those cross-country flights. I would love to wake up refreshed in five hours and be landing in Seattle. It's like when my yep. mo- when my mom had my brother, who's 11 years older than I am, I think she had, like, twilight labor, which is not good for you. But she just woke up and there was a baby there. So Yeah, they I used to do sw- it that way all the time. Yeah, yeah. No telling if it was hers or not, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> Carter, we're looking at you. We're not sure. <laughs> Get uh, more This Is America talk mashed up with Kami, maybe. I think we've addressed that appropriately. Yeah. Yes. Uh, top story, Laurel and Yanni, 69 minutes in. <laughs> nice. nice. I nice. tried so hard to avoid this whole Laurel-Yanni thing until they played it on TBTL, and I was like, God damn it. All right, so. I didn't want any part of let's this. Let's just do this lightning round. Meredith, what did you hear? Both, depending on what speakers I was using. Okay, and? don't care did you not i mean <laughs> i don't know I, I know you don't care but which one did you hear i pushed it out of my mind we talk Bobby. about things don't we care. don't care about all the time on this show i refuse <laughs> i'm opting out hillary. conscientious objective <laughs> hillary uh laurel like 95 percent of the time then one time i heard yanny but laurel laurel i heard laurel on every different i mean i didn't try very hard to find more and more different speakers and things but i heard laurel so i guess that means we're all bad hype i don't care all right it's a thing <laughs> it's a it's a topic when i try to explain to people what tbtl is and i'm like well it's a daily conversation between two friends talking about their own lives and current events and what's big on the internet this is one of those moments where they actually address something that was big on the internet so whatever uh then we get the boston uh, was- New England community talk thanks to uh, a dazzling donor <laughs> and uh, I think I wrote uh, I think I wrote all these down correctly and I know that Anne doesn't want to talk about them but she doesn't want to talk about a lot of things this week so <laughs> can I take my headphones off and like go refill my water bottle while you're talking about this Bobby Worcester, Situate, Bricka Lemonster, Peabody, Gloucester Cohasset, <sighs> Lester, Haverhill I think that was the list nice so there you go. Situate is not hard. Luke should have gotten that one. Yeah, Situate's not that hard. You just ignore the, the C sort of Situate. Yeah. You sit with it with Situate. <laughs> Bill, uh, Guess what, guys? Different places pronounce things differently. Bill, wow. Bilrica is, is yeah. really Bricka. People just drop the L's. Bricka. There was a guy that was on the Austin Real World, and he was from Bill Ricca. And it was when Dave and I first started dating. And I was like, Billy Ricca? And Dave was like, no, that's, that's not it. <laughs> Again, this is why I'm not successful in life, because I remember that there was a guy from the real world, Austin, <laughs> yeah, from Bill Ricca. I would <laughs> His disagree name was Danny. <laughs> about your lack of success in life. So, 
you you have accomplished a lot and also still remember that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and Andrew mentions that uh, now Cleveland Browns quarterback Tyrod Taylor came from the Giants, which is wrong. He came from the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Um, which wouldn't be so egregious, except he was a starting quarterback. And and even he knows that the starting quarterback of the Giants is usually Eli Manning. So, anyway. Does he know that, though? I mean, does he? I think even he would recognize Eli Manning. They would say, who's that scrawnier, dopier looking version of Peyton Manning? Oh, it's Eli Manning from the New York Giants. And that's it for Wednesday. All right. Thursday, number 2642, Absurd Comedy Meat. Did you guys know that the dogmen escaped the military and are killing people in national parks? That's a new one to me. Wow. I mean, the things that the government doesn't tell us. <laughs> Let's get Don Johnson on the case. <laughs> this episode of LRB is round sponsored the... by Patriot Brand Dried Food. Let's <laughs> round up the SUV NCIS CSI Supergroup. Yep. Put them on the case of the dog men. That would be a hell of a poster. <laughs> Sunglasses and smirks everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get some talk about this speech for the auto dealers, except... We don't actually get to talk about the speech. We get the part about how Luke was trying to pull clips from his CBS pieces to show them that he is, in fact, a legit journalist. You know, that he's cool. He's a cool guy. Um, And he ended up getting a virus. Because he was so cool. Using sketchy software. And so uh, he coped with it for the presentation and in Hawaii, but now he took it to the computer repair people to get it fixed. (laughs) But he's embarrassed because he doesn't want them to think he got it from watching porn. (laughs) And there was this whole story about how there was some lady that came in the shop behind him. And so he went and pretended to look at other (laughs) stuff until she finished her business and left. That's definitely a way to not make it look like you're getting porn. I feel like computer repair people are like doctors. Like they've seen, they've seen oh, the yeah. most personal parts of your life. Like the they stuff don't that you care don't tell if you're watching no. porn. They just assume that you are. They assume you are because everybody is. So, yeah. And they've seen all your naked pictures too. <laughs> <laughs> but it confounds me that Luke couldn't figure out how to do this in a safe way to download clips of his own pieces. And it was as easy as talking to Kiki Lolo in the end, and she helped him out. But come on, dude, you work for several major media outlets. Gosh, it's almost and like you're downloading sketchy stuff. It's almost like Luke doesn't prepare for things. Huh? Yeah. On the flight to Hawaii yeah. the night before his presentation, he's trying to get his materials together. Oh, boy. Well, hashtag content. Uh, do you <laughs> think that kid brought his cups with him, or do you think he got to Hawaii and then had to run around and find cups? <laughs> <laughs> I can't stack these. Uh, he's being unreasonable in unreasonable times. <laughs> Wait, I never remember how that all goes. It doesn't matter. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, so in more current news, Luke is very nervous because he and Carrie are getting back into softball. They've joined a co-ed softball league and tonight's going to be their first game. And Luke is really nervous because again, he wants people to think that he's a cool guy and all sporty and athletic. And he's also, 
Um, insecure because Carrie is a better athlete than he is. Really. I mean, somebody who played college softball and he feels like he wants to compete with her. If I were Carrie and, you know, she married him, if I were Carrie, this would severely annoy me because I played college, you know, I didn't, but she played college softball. Like she's going to be better. And Mm -hmm. if she's not, I don't know. I don't understand Luke's like driving need to make sure that Carrie is like completely turned on by him. It's so odd to me. And this is like her avenue. She knows how to play softball really well. And Luke hasn't played in what? Yeah. You know, what's really attractive trying too hard. (laughs) <laughs> like God. come on <laughs> yeah I don't he's I don't never get gonna it. get that yeah no. no when he said the thing about well then I caught the grounder but I rushed the throw to first I'm like <laughs> whatever you threw the ball in the dirt dude. <laughs> she's not that good at softball it's okay she doesn't she didn't marry you because you know you're some unspecified baseball player from the 90s that was on the Seattle Mariners. Um, she married you because you have other talents, because you're smart and funny and charming and you hustle and you like her. Just go with that. It's okay. Um, Boy, I'm really excited to talk about Friday when we get the <laughs> breakdown of what happened. <laughs> Um, and, and now comes the angry making part and I feel somewhat of a responsibility to bring Mike's position to this discussion because he's not on the show as I hope we've all noticed and he is very upset about this, but they made it to the semifinal round of this WBUR next great radio show contest and they're going to blow it off. And uh, they so they made it from hundreds down into, they said, less than 20 people got picked to go on to the next round. And now they're just going to be like, eh. Except Luke secretly wants to do it, but he wants Andrew to do all the work. Of course. Including maybe just submit 10 minutes of TBDL. That'll be good enough, right? No. What are you doing? What are you doing? Why is he doing this? Why is he pushing this? He... He pitched this in the beginning with the idea of, well, wouldn't it be funny if we we sent in a pitch for this contest and we got a rejection letter? I mean, this from a guy who does not take rejection at any level decided that they should do this for the rejection laws? No. There is something that, as Phyllis says, get Lisa Weinberg on the phone <laughs> because something is happening here that needs to get sorted out. And then he wants Andrew to do all the work so that he can, like maintain an emotional distance so he doesn't actually have to care about it in the end and it's taking a spot that could have gone to somebody else who's not a radio professional who would have been thrilled just to make it to the semifinals and i think this is gross i had high hopes for why we love why is this happening with chris hayes (laughs) (laughs) i would listen to that we could make something of it yeah yeah. yeah, this is gross. This is this is gross on a lot of levels. It's gross that they're taking somebody's spot, and it's gross that Luke wants it done by Andrew. Yep. And he didn't or- even read the pitch he sent in. Yep. Uh-huh. That well, was what offended like, me what the did, most. What did we do again? What, he's what like, oh, is that life hack thing? Oh, this is, a, this is a punchline that just went way too far and snowballed out of control. It's like when you tell a lie, and then you have to tell a bigger lie, and then you have mm-hmm. to tell a bigger lie. 
This this would have been a funny throwaway moment if they had said, <laughs> we should do a show about life hacks and then just never did anything with it. Like that would have been right. when it could have still been funny. This is half Andrew's fault because he's taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, in our, our discussions on this, I thought Phyllis made an excellent point, which was that they didn't take anybody else's spot. WBUR gave them that spot. That's true. So it's not it's not on Luke and Andrew to, you know, destroy somebody else's dream. But I would say that Luke and Andrew have a definite advantage in this because Luke personally knows Doug Berman and all those WBUR people and that's gonna get him attention and consideration that's not on a level playing field with other people. Well, so I think there is some responsibility there. I believe isn't Doug Berman B E Z, but anyway, well, Doug Berman is the executive producer of this, isn't he? Oh, right, he because he worked Car on Talk. Car Talk. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yep. And so that's the crossover there. Um, I was thinking about this, and, and part of part of Mike's anger making was this was very predictable. Of course they made this the cut. And I right. agree with him completely. And I think there was some surprise by some other people in the conversation that we were having about this, about that. But of course they did, because if you post a job listing and you get a hundred resumes and in that hundred resumes is a known quantity who has done basically that job before and been successful at it. And you're aware of that person by name recognition, of course, when you're trying to figure out which 20 of them you're going to talk to, you're going to talk to that person. And so even before mm-hmm. they get to the pitch, the cover sheet says Luke Burbank, and they think, oh, he's an actual radio guy, and this is not Star Search. They're not trying to discover undiscovered talent. They're trying to fill a programming slot, so they want the best shot they can get at someone who knows what they're doing. Um, I'm sure they would love the story of finding um, the next undiscovered talent, mainly because they can pay them basically nothing and fill this slot. <laughs> right, yeah. But at the same time, if if some rock star... I'm not trying to flatter Luke, but like if some great known quantity comes through, of course you let them through to the next round. They probably don't care what Luke and Andrew's pitch is. It's like, oh, look, two seasoned radio professionals are interested in making a show and it sounds halfway interesting. Let's see where this goes. And then here's mm-hmm. uh, here's HBO and Kiki Lolo's Let Talk Clean to Me coming in at number 22 <laughs> and not getting a shot. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. And and now they're really in a catch-22 here because if they blow this off and be like, haha, just kidding, well, that doesn't help their relations with people in the public radio in- industry. Uh, but they also, they don't want to do this. I mean, Luke wants to do it just to satisfy his own ego, but they can't, they can't do this. There's no way. They just, they don't have the time and they don't really have the interest in doing this. I actually disagree. Really? I think they could do it. And, and despite, uh, in, in our run sheet where you've written, no, next to a college (laughs) show about life hacks. (laughs) Oh God, I would never listen to one second of it. I, but I also wouldn't listen to the Ted radio hour most of the time. And that's a thing. Like, I, I think that there's actually, I think this idea completely lands on an NPR Saturday afternoon program. I think between probably does. between yeah. a show about gardening and, and woodworking and two hours of Irish step dance or whatever, <laughs> this, this right before Shamrock and Thistle, two guys taking something that's extremely popular on the internet and turning it into something you can listen to. 
Absolutely. It sounds sort of like um, my brother, my brother and me, but, you know, with Andrew and Luke, like it's that kind of like advice show, but like yeah, in a goofy but not sort of. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I think that there's I think, that, you know, I think there'd have to be some refinement here. But this this whole notion of maybe they take three calls they give some quick advice. They field advice from the listeners for a topic that they brought up the previous week and then open up the voicemail lines. And then they do one where they do some, an in-studio test or something or an on-site test. Like, I can see how the segments would lay out for a 30-minute or one-hour show on this principle that could be very effective. Um, and so I think they fell ass backwards into an idea that actually might be a good idea. Well... Yeah, I can agree with that. But do you think they would do it? Because I don't. I think if I think they're burning a bridge, whichever decision they make. I think at if this they point. got strapped with a real producer, and ah, uh, there—that's uh, that's the, the magic. Rough. Well, yeah. it's also taking away yeah. juice from TBTL that is desperately needed. That's my concern. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's selfishly, of course, and and they are both very busy. But there's also not a big. Um, just like car talk, there's there's not a big timeliness factor with this whole premise. I mean, you could knock out you could knock out four hours of content in a couple of days and edit it together and be done for a month. Like there's this thing is so evergreen. I think they mm, can figure uh, out. You're a way saying to do like it. like taping Jeopardy, <laughs> you just do a whole yeah, bunch exactly. of exactly. Mm-hmm. And they've got um, they've got enough bench. Luke's got enough bench to get sort of semi-famous professional experts in to answer the occasional question too. Speaking of Jeopardy, I could totally see them pulling a Ken Jennings in to answer a question or whatever. I don't know. I actually think this just has a lot of potential. Maybe they're just not the right people to host it. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I still think that they're screwing around. I agree And that they're screwing around and that they're ruining a future yep. relationship opportunity, which is the opposite of what Luke normally does. <laughs> but I, yes. I just I think it's very funny that um, for what it's worth, I think it's actually a good show pitch. Well, just I mean, why don't we do it for them? We can just find the 10 minutes of TBTL. Why does Lynn have to do it? We'll find 10 minutes of TBTL <laughs> that they can submit for this pitch. No, I, I think we should just do the show for 10 minutes. <laughs> Send them the tape oh. and say Luke and Andrew are our executive producers. Bobby, that's kind of evil. You're going to snake their idea? <laughs> you know, I'm I'm only like five minutes away from the BUR studios right now. We could just slap it together. I'll put it on a CD. I'll just slip it through the mail slot. Wow. Well, now I'm starting to feel better about this idea. <laughs> All right. On our way to radio stardom. Okay. And speaking of stardom, the Browns are going to be on Hard Knocks this year. Good transition. And end of conversation. Good transition, <laughs> though. Um, yeah, the, I'm really worried about the Browns. The, I think the, all the distraction of being on Hard Knocks is going to really affect their record. I mean, they probably won't win as many games <laughs> because they're, they've got the TV crews in there all the time. Uh, and finally, on Thursday, everybody thinks that Andrew looks like Seth Rogen, including various random <laughs> people on the street with mental health issues. <laughs> um, 
I can see it. I, Feature-wise, he doesn't really uh, look like Seth Rogen, but Seth Rogen showed up on an episode of The Joel McHale Show with Joel McHale, which I was just watching the other day, and he was wearing a like a Castro-style hat, and he's got the beard and the glasses, and he it's kind of a, a vibe. He's like an an impressionist version of Seth Rogen. Like they like from afar. Yeah, you're like, oh yeah, they look alike. But if you get up close, it's it's not the same. But you know, tall it's just guys, a general is, person yeah. type. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Genevieve gets compared to Michelle Williams, which I can totally oh, yeah. see. But I think it's yeah. mostly like the haircut and maybe the face shape. They have some similar Definitely. features, and cute little nose and stuff. Do y'all have mm-hmm. any celebrity doppelgangers? Um, I always get told that I look like somebody's sister or somebody's aunt or somebody's best friend or something like that. I've had people say, oh, my God, Linda, doesn't she just look just like Jessica? Except except for her voice. It could be Jessica. I've gotten that quite frequently throughout my years. I've gotten, so nobody famous. but I've gotten Sarah Jessica Parker sometimes, which is, mm, I don't know if what? that's a compliment. You don't look anything like her. Yeah. We, have, we both have long oval faces. And rather substantial noses, so maybe that's where it comes from. What? Yeah, that's a stretch. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a good answer here. I don't really get. I I'm just a, I'm just a five foot nine white guy with dark hair and glasses, <laughs> and a short beard. <laughs> I look like thousands of people you know. You look like everybody and nobody. (laughs) Recently, I've been getting, because she's gotten more famous, um, the queen of Instagram stories, Busy Phillips. I think it's more like personality vibe than anything, but she has blonde hair and she talks a lot. So that's that's my my biggest one lately. I had no idea who you were talking about, but I did just Google her. And um, I feel like I probably should have gone with an incognito window. Uh oh Oh, yeah because it shows that it's from when she's like way younger and it shows one that she's like in a bikini or something but uh uh, let's see yeah but i don't know a similar vibe more than anything else yeah yeah i can see it all right let's go to friday two bros looking it up i have to sing sometimes (laughs) Uh, that is the proper way to do that title. Show title might be the best part of this episode. I agree. Um, it's It was, um, overall, Luke just kind of seemed, I don't know, like pissed at the world a little bit. And he was uh, showing it and like analyzing bits of pop culture that were irrelevant. But um, first it started off as Andrew asking, what does thunder mean? As in, like, does this effectively hide my thunder? Um, which, like, what do y'all think of it? What do you, What is your... What is your point? I've always assumed thighs and maybe thighs and butt, like your whole butt situation. Me too. Me too. Mm -hmm. I thought it might be more all encompassing. I I, first never thought about it this much before this episode. (laughs) That too. (laughs) And I don't think the writers of Arrested Development did either. No. Uh, But now on further review, uh, I I I guess I just assumed he meant everything going on. Under those shorts, <laughs> just because that seems to be his general concern. So from a character standpoint, um, going with with all the junk. Well, yeah, he's a he's a never nude. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. his concern is um, wholesale everything in the no touch zone. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I never even thought of it as a specific body part, but more as a quality. 
Hide my thunder. It's an aura. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, then it kind of uh, devolves into talking about not getting stuff as a kid, like getting jokes. And he, he uh, once again, cops one of Genevieve's stories about um, watching Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and not getting the joke and her dad kind of asking her if she got the joke. Um, and then they go and break down the joke, which it's like, and Luke is really upset about it. It was just a really weird, like he was, it, it was a not proportional response to a kind of lame joke that Luke was pissy about. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I do remember as a little kid kind of like laughing at stuff, but knowing that I didn't really understand it. Like, I, like Grease 2, I, it's, it was not funny, but there's a whole song called Reproduction that I used to sing around the house. Um, <laughs> and it was, you know, on the surface about plants, I guess. But, you know, it's not really about that. And I loved it. I was like seven singing that and fully did not get mm-hmm. it. Nobody stopped me, though. Well, oh, yeah. Most of the songs in Greece too are about copulation in some way. <laughs> Let's do it for our country. The red, white, uh-huh. and the blue. Um, so I, I do, I do relate to that. But then just when they went down, like breaking down every, you know, it was like the actor's studio for this one joke. So I didn't really. <laughs> Wait, who's James Lipton in this scenario? No. And I think you know, I remember seeing Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. It's been a really long time, but. I think it had more to do with the physicality of Steve Martin than anything about the joke. I mean, that's usually his deal anyway. Um, So I thought that was weird. And then, you know, they're starting to get into softball talk, how the softball game went. And then they start breaking down the John Fogarty song, uh, which is admittedly a dumb song, but... Um, Luke again was like too mad about it and it's like it's like that ruined his game basically this like stupid song that he played to get pumped up Um, that he played three times (laughs) like maybe don't play it and actually it is a dumb song the lyrics did make sense once they started going down like the genius rabbit hole like it it did kind of make sense but it is a dumb song so I don't know yeah I, I just didn't understand why he was like it was like he was starving for content. This was just what he grappled on to. I want to jump in because between Thunder and this, we received two Throw Your Phone moments from listener Crit, I think in real time, based on how they were spaced <laughs> out. Um, Crit, I, I'm not going to read them now, but we hear you. <laughs> I think you came in a little hot. I think the heat of the moment got to you <laughs> on both of these topics. Um I'm not going to. They were fire tunes yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to defend this John Fogarty song as as you know ardently as you will. Um, I don't think it's a very good song, but it is certainly a good enough song as far as the lyrics go. I was shocked that Luke didn't understand the Shoeless Joe Jackson reference. Yeah. I mean, were I you mean, shocked though? Come on. <laughs> I didn't understand any of it, but nobody should be shocked by that. <laughs> but you don't call yourself a baseball no, fan. Anybody who's a baseball fan or has seen the movie, I don't know, Eight Men Out yeah. or knows anything about Shoeless Joe Jackson well, we, should know that that's where that comes from. Is this the part from. of the show where we list baseball movies? <laughs> no. Feel the Dreams. He's in Feel the Dreams. Ray Liotta played yeah. him. 
I will say the one thing about John Fogarty, though, is I remember as a little kid when Proud Mary would come on, I would think, please don't let it be that one. Please don't let it be that one. Because I hate his voice. It, like, really irritates me. Um, and it would always, you know, luckily it would be the Tina Turner one most of the time. But sometimes you would get the uh, Creedence Clearwater revival. I'm like, no, I hate this. Um, what did John Fogarty ever do to you? I don't know. I just don't have some voice. <laughs> Thank you, Craig. <laughs> um, okay, so then Luke goes over the game and how the team was garbage. And, you know, we basically went over that. How I mean, I think they played two games, so whatever. It was just not a good softball team. And Luke is totally that guy on a co-ed softball team that's a dick about stuff. I know. Like, that's why I didn't like playing. Because it was supposed to be fun, and then you go drink, and then you have that one guy that's too competitive. And you're like, this is not... We're not competing for anything, really. We're just, like, doing this to pass the time and have fun. Um, but uh, more importantly, Luke thought that maybe he sharted, but then didn't shart. So, oh, yay. Gross. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I I categorize your, or I dispute your categorization of this as more importantly. <laughs> <laughs> this is a story about a thing that didn't happen. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, only Luke could tell a 20-minute story about something that didn't happen. <laughs> also, he has issues with his bowels. I don't know what's going on. There's too many stories. Like, you need yeah. to get that looked into. Yeah. Um, you know what it is? It's the low-carb diet. He doesn't get enough fiber. It's true. Huh? It's totally true. That's well, it. he's been having just-a-minute-run moments forever, for years. <laughs> and just, um, you know, sudden poop attacks. And I've never <laughs> heard of anyone having that many problems. <laughs> when poop goes bad. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was a long story. Uh, what's, what do they say? Like a long climb for a short slide? Um, uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, Which is exactly then, what he was worried it happened. <laughs> How many exactly. American pies? <laughs> <laughs> Um, then they got a listener email about the WBUR show and, um, Andrew's just claiming extreme busyness, which like, I feel bad for him because it's all put on his shoulders. However, he doesn't take time to like do his real job. So I don't understand the busyness that he has. And I know there's probably things behind the scenes, but he doesn't even read the articles that he has to for the show. So I, I don't know. I always get annoyed by him saying how busy he is. He sometimes, he somehow finds time to go, you know, eat like a meatball sandwich on the regular. So I don't know. Uh, but I do understand that it's like, it's all on him. So I, I get it. I don't know why. It just kind of pushes my buttons for some reason. No, I won't get- no, I hear you with that. I mean, he doesn't do a lot of close editing of the show. No. After they record it, he doesn't, do much prep for the show it's where does the time go one wonders i won't i i will not disparage him for not having time beyond a reasonable expectation of a full-time job in editing tbtl yes absolutely. i am happy to destroy him for not taking care of tbtl when it's his full-time job but after hours who knows if if playing video games and smoking some things or not smoking some things anymore but if 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 self-medicating and playing video games is what he needs to do eight hours a day, as long as it's not the eight hours a day that are TBTLs, it's not my problem. 
For sure. You know. For sure. So I just want to make sure, sure we're not saying that Luke's uh, that Andrew's uh, free time should be available no, 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 no. to this. Right, no, right. not at all. It's more that I just am like, well, you don't even really do your real job. Yeah, that much. I hear you. Um, <laughs> uh, Listen, there are a lot of meatball subs in this world to be eaten. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and then I was just like, like, how do we get people to call in? How would we even do that? I'm like, have you met the tens? We could do that in yeah. one day. We yeah. could figure it out. Yeah. Like one post on the Stens page oh, I mean, would clear this all up. It's exactly. 10 minutes. You only need one person to call in with a mm-hmm. question or a hack. Um, and I just have a note here that say that says, Andrew's self-esteem issues kill me, <laughs> which isn't fair to him, but it just is so like un... Um, what am I trying to unexamined that it kind of frustrates me because they're it's a constant source and I think it was when he was talking about like well I would just be the guy editing it it would be you and Kiki Lolo or Hannah or whatever oh he would be the call screener <laughs> which is kind of funny and maybe sort of true but uh, he wouldn't though and I don't know no. I just, he needs to go he needs to go see a therapist like yeah. I, can we I don't can we crowdsource this he needs to find somebody because it sometimes it gets on top of him a lot and I think that. You know, mm-hmm. we've talked about this ad nauseum, but, you know, he fo- hyper focuses on other things in order to not deal with whatever childhood trauma that he has. Yeah. Please just remember that if Luke got his bowels under control and Andrew got his feelings <laughs> under control, there might not be enough conversation <laughs> topic for TBTL. True. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Very true. Uh, they could go down to three days a week and then do the WBUR show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I also have a note here that says also vitamin D is the hottest vitamin because they were saying like the, he said vitamin W and vitamin <laughs> B <laughs> and then vitamin he was, right <laughs> then he was ranking vitamins. Obviously he should have said vitamin A, but actually I feel like I hear about vitamin D like almost constantly. So yeah, they, that's yeah. the, that's the, the hot one right now. Um, and then I kind when, of, when you wrote. When you wrote that vitamin D is that one, I just assumed that that was because vitamin D is slang for vitamin dick. Is that is that not parlance for you guys? No. No. Your mind out of the gutter, Bobby. I have definitely heard vitamin D used. We are concerned about our long-term cancer risk and our bone health. Oh, wait. I just said vitamin bone D health. Just, did just say bone health. <laughs> Dang it. Vitamin D can help no, with that. No, no. Don't God. put vitamin D on Mike's list of stupid words that we can't say anymore. You get a vitamin D uh, facial. Oh God! <laughs> it's probably good for your skin. Ooh, explicit. <laughs> I know I've mentioned it here before, but years and years ago, I had um, uh, I had Rapmaster Maurice write a rap for friends of mine who are getting married, who are both pharmacists. And he called it vitamin L for love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't ask him to do that. He just came up with it on his own. And he is now retired from the rap battle game. So um, if anyone wants to hear vitamin L, let me know. Put it up. <laughs> um, I, uh, they went into Top Story and they actually did two, which uh, Andrew was like, I actually read it, which is sad that that's uh, more rare than we would like to thank. Um, I right. kind of didn't pay attention to the top stories, even though it was my day, because I don't don't care. Uh, it was the first Tinder match in Antarctica. Um, the only thing I could think of is, have y'all done Tinder? I have never done it before. I've been married for too long now. Um, 
And, but I'm always curious about it. I'm like, who would I match with? And Dave is like, no, hello, no, you're married. But I'm like, I kind of want to get it. <laughs> I downloaded it um, shortly after I moved, just out of pure curiosity, because I had that sure. same thought. And I was like, it's a bad look to do that when you're married. So I waited until I wasn't. <laughs> and I had it for less than 24 hours before I was totally horrified and deleted it from my phone. You're like, no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it seems, I don't, it, I have some friends that have used it and have liked it, but it just seems a little bit sketchy. And actually, there was one of my friends was in Dallas, and she was like, oh, I'm going to see who's on it around my parents' house. And there was a guy we went to high school with who is married that was on it. Still yep. married. Yeah. Yikes. I have played around with it for other people, for single people <laughs> on their phones, and it is terrifying. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> Especially women using it and so i assume when you were just drowning in vitamin d over there you're 24 hours on it <laughs> just what? so aggressive it was enough it, i i never need to get that app again yeah and how's the tinder scene in the minnesota i've never done tinder um i tried match ages ago for six weeks and you know how they say that if you're a woman with a pulse you're just going to have men coming at you left and right. That was not my experience. Nobody wanted to date me. So well, <laughs> I got off of Match and I said, well, that's it for me. I would consider yourself lucky that you didn't get the dregs of Match thrown at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I yeah, it's it seems to be a flawed system. I hear Bumble's okay, but yeah, it seems to be kind of a... Sketchy Tinder's situation. just purely based on looks. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. basically all you've got to go on on somebody is, yeah. do I like this picture or not? And yeah. it's a snap judgment, and it's it gets to feel real gross after a while. Yeah. It's like, do you remember, are you hot or not or whatever? That, yes. Like, 1999. Oh, that was brutal. Yes, it was. It was. And that's basically like how Facebook started anyway, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Anyway. It's just a better way to judge girls on their looks. Yep. yep. Yay, the uh-huh. patriarchy. I'm just going to stay quiet over here. <laughs> the man on the... Men are disgusting. <laughs> it's, it's true. Yes, we are. Um, okay, so the next top story was Deadpool marketing, and it was actually good. Um, again, I mean, it seemed like kind of, it, you know, cute, I guess. And at first I thought, well, that's kind of small. It's It seems sort of like ineffective, but, you know, TBTL was talking about it, and I'm sure other podcasts and shows were talking about it. So I guess that's how that kind of marketing works. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of, they're using like a, a, a shotgun approach. They're, they're doing a million different little weird marketing things yeah, for that movie. Yeah. And they're all pretty funny. They're all if, pretty good. And if you're going to be true to the Deadpool ethos, I guess you got to not give a shit if it works or not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it's going to, he doesn't care. True. So, they should just do some stuff, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Who gives a shit? Yeah, that movie's going to make, like, you know, $100 million. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, I have a soft spot for Ryan Reynolds. I know a lot of people don't like him, but there was a show on Nickelodeon called uh, 15 that he was on. Uh, this was, like, when I was 12, and I thought he was really cute, so... I have always... Who doesn't like Ryan Reynolds? Who has a problem with Ryan Reynolds? I don't know. I think people think he's sort of smarmy, but I think he's cute and fun. I think he's funny. (laughs) I like him a lot. I fell in love with him on on Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place. Yes. 
And actually, yeah, huh? there's that movie. Uh, I know it's really corny, but there's a movie called Definitely Maybe, and I cry every single time I watch it, and we'll watch it if it's on oh, like, yeah, I've seen TBS. That. It's a cute movie. Um, Dave always gets mad at me because I'll watch like shows that I've seen a thousand times on TBS or TNT. Like if The Devil Wears Prada is on, I'm like, this is what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> and he's like, one, you've seen it. Two, there's commercial breaks. And I'm like, I don't care. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> um... So I'm a joy to be married to, obviously. Um, anyway, <laughs> that was basically the end of the show. Um, there was music for your weekend. Um, it is, as we had mentioned before, it's Luke and Carrie's fifth anniversary, which um, I can't believe it's been five years. That's I know. wild to me. No. So it seems to me that Carrie's still like the new person in his life, but I guess not anymore. Um, and it's Cry to Me by Solomon, Solomon Burke, which is a great song and only reminds me of Dirty Dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember hearing that then, and it always like made me feel weird feelings when I was eight years old. So <laughs> I still kind of like, but it's a really good song. But I was like, feelings about like it was like this is like a sexy song, and I shouldn't be watching this. Um, but um, like weird feelings about Patrick Swayze, probably, probably yes. <laughs> Yes, as a very way too young child, um, but it's a good song. It's actually that was a that was a good song. That was a good pick. Um, and then Andrews is this breathe owl breathe. Uh, that's the artist, and baseball diamond is the song from a mixtape that Durs made. Um, it didn't really do anything for me, but it's just not my style of music that I really enjoy. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't bad. I just it wasn't like my jam. Mm-mm. Um, and then listener, another one of those where Andrew's like, I'm going to have to play a lot of it. <laughs> I yeah. know. And it's like, okay. You could have just cut to the part of the song that you really liked. Cause he was yeah. like, hold up. Mm-hmm. I gotta, planning. we gotta play this part. Editing. Yeah. Planning, editing. It's tough. Uh, and then <laughs> listener Hannah from Shootsbury. I don't know. How do you spell that? Do you know, Bobby? Uh, I went and checked earlier. Uh, it's S H U T E S B U R Y Shootsbury. Not to be confused with Shrewsbury, which is a different place. <laughs> Shootsbury is just outside of Amherst. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I didn't know where it was Hillary, until I like this. your spelling better. <laughs> I, know, <it's> like, <laughs> I spelled it very phonetically. Shootsbury. Um, like it's like a cereal uh, like made of shoots or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Shootsbury like- Crunch. Exactly. Um, and her song, which she really didn't like uh, forward promote very well, but it's like Super Organism was the artist and Something for Your Mind. Um, it was one of those songs. I do actually get it. I feel like the first time I listened to it, I was like, oh, no, I, no, 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 I don't like it. But then I kind of got into the vibe of it and I was like, all right, I could kind of see like Jamie out to this, but it was definitely uh, unique. Yeah. Yeah. This is the second time in two and a half months we've had Super Organism featured on Music for Your Weekend. The last time was the first Friday, I think, in March. I just oh. threw Super Organism into my Google spreadsheet search, and the only other time it's ever come up was the Music for Your Weekend back in early March. On to housekeeping. Housekeeping! Yeah, I, I'm getting a little better, maybe. <laughs> It's so hard when Mike's not on the show and you also do a nice housekeeping. I just feel awkwardly racist when I try. Maybe we should just pull a clip of him doing it so we don't have to make an offensive accent. Yeah, we'll just let him make an offensive accent. Yeah, exactly. 
We need him to re- record a few in a clear, like like a- HBO's air horns. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Mike, Mike, can we just get an ABC on housekeeping? Uh, just when you hear this, stop what you're doing, do it into your iPhone, and then I'll clean it up for later. Mm-hmm. Make one really angry. <laughs> Make one <laughs> check out housekeeping. For the housekeeper who just caught me podcasting myself. Yeah. Uh Buy for uh, buy stuff from us. There we go. That's what I was trying to say. Buy stuff from us. We have a lot of merch, and uh, one of these days we will refresh with more merch options. But if you don't already have the full canon of merch that is available, I would say about forty percent of my t-shirt collection is now LRB t-shirts. Um, people love the hoodie. Um, I I have uh, I have at least one of the mugs, and people like the mugs. Uh, buy the merch. That's my point. Buy the merch. You can find that at uh, littlebybandwagon.com or for some reason, according to this uh, run, run sheet, 10710.com slash shop. Join us in the ongoing endeavor of archiving old episodes of TBTL. You will enjoy it. You will be delighted by things you forgot existed. Do that by emailing us uh, or reaching out to Christy directly. We'd love to have you. Buy stuff on Amazon because you're going to anyway at littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. You pay the same price, but we get a few pennies of it for referring you uh, because you would have never thought of Amazon until you thought of us. And <laughs> make sure you listen to Earbuds and Earworms. I can't remember. I didn't look up this week's um, theme, uh, but it doesn't. Oh, it's elevators. Elevators. Oh, elevator music. Elevator right. music. Yeah. Oh. Very good. Uh, if there's not some uh, Herb Albert and Tijuana Brass in there, I will be greatly disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> all right if you want to get involved with the show our website is littleredbandwagon.com you can send us your hug or throw your phone moments at throwyourphone.com visit us on facebook our page or the stens page our show twitter is at lrb podcast you can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com and you can send us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-tbtl that's 802-432-8285 and with that hillary why don't you get us out of here I don't remember what it is. <laughs> you, I should have sprung this on you. Aren't you? What is this until next time? Until next time. Until next time. This is the next party. <laughs> yes. Okay. And uh, we love you, Bob Stein. We're thinking of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love you. Yeah, we are. Nailed it. See you next time, guys. You want to nail it? Nailed it.